0: After whatever happened last season, what is considered a successful season for IU football this year?
1: You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up, guys? It is Thursday, August 18th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Look, it was a weird year last year, and it's been a weird build-up to this season for IU football, which kind of begs some questions, especially about what is considered a successful season. It's something we I I mentioned earlier in the week, said we were going to do a a podcast on it. Uh, Not only are we doing that, but I brought in uh, my good friend, hopefully yours as well, who uh, was on the podcast um, last year or last season, and uh, it was an entirely different vibe as we talked about IU football. But Ben uh, is joining us today. Ben, man. What's just uh, we'll start off kind of broad. What's just kind of your your feel, your sense of where IU football is after what has really been a, a wild three hundred sixty five days?
1: Thanks, Jacob. it's it's good to be back here. Good to be talking with you about this again. Um, it has it, last year when we did this, I think we both were predicting about eight and four for IU football. obviously, Season did not go as planned. Suffered a couple early losses. Suffered a couple um, early injuries. And by the midway point of the season, it really felt like any momentum that we had gained in 2019 and 2020 had really gone out the door. Um, There were some really demoralizing losses in November. Um, Big loss to Rutgers at home. That was the one where all the shirtless guys were hanging out in the end zone. They were like the only fans in the stadium on like a really cold November um, Indiana day. And um, then of course there was the 37 point loss to Purdue in the bucket game. And so after that season, the um, you know, new offensive coordinator comes in, new defensive coordinator comes in and a lot of changes. Well, you know, Mike Penix transferred out. We'll have, we'll, we'll get into, QB competition in a bit, but it really seems like any momentum that had come out of the 2019-2020 season um, is is no longer there, and as we get into um, the 2022 season, uh, there are a lot of question marks about um, Indiana football going forward and um, what the approach is to this season.
0: It's it's so weird because it it just felt like we had shed a lot of those demons and gotten the monkeys off our backs and and just as we thought we were breaking free, we get kind of drugged back into uh, what we thought we'd escaped in last season. Um, any number of kind of backbreaking losses. Uh, I think the Iowa game. I mean, Mike or excuse me, Tom Allen talked about it. Just the way it happened and and the nature of it was just demoralizing deflating and and that kind of set a tone, unfortunately, for the season. I do want to talk about, as I alluded to, to to start about what a successful season is before we do that though, like something you'd kind of mentioned is is just the approach Indiana's taken heading into this season. And I think it is a little bit tied to having lost all this momentum and the way last season ended, it's just the secrecy with which they are doing basically everything. Um, when it comes to the quarterback battle, we can briefly touch on that because that one feels obvious that you would want to keep it in secret. And uh, I think every about just about every program is going to handle the quarterback battle, roughly the same uh, that IU would. Do you have any qualms kind of specifically to that with, with how IU is handling? And they said, Tom Allen said that there's a good chance the staff will know this week at the end of this week, who's going to be the starter. But Obviously, the public isn't going to know until right before that Illinois game. Do you have any issues with how they've handled that?
1: So, in terms of the, the QB battle, obviously, with, with Pennix transferring to Washington, they bring in Connor Bazelak, um, started at Mizzou for the past couple seasons, so he has experience going up against some SEC teams. Um, and then the other um, competitor in this QB battle is Jack Tuttle, a you know, stalwart of the program, been around – there, I think since 2019, 2020, originally a transfer from Utah. Um, anyway, I I don't think this is uncommon to have a QB battle like this. I mean, unless your team has, you know, CJ Stroud or someone who's an obvious starter. But um, and I and I think, you know, I we'll have a an idea of you know, who's going to be the QB one, but before the Illinois game on, on September 2nd. But, know I do think, you know, if you're confident, Tuttle's the guy, then, you know, why do you bring in a, a, tra- mm-hmm. a transfer like, like Basilak, um, in, in the off season. And, which makes me think Basilak's going to be the starter, unless, you know, Tuttle has really upped his game, overcome injuries from last season. Um, that's sort of my read on it. Um, it's interesting, too, as you, you alluded to this secrecy surrounding the offense. It really seems like they're keeping a lot of stuff under wraps. And I don't know if it, that's just because the offense was um, was so down last year. Um, uh, but I do think, you know, it might be good for the team just to give the fans a little, a little taste of, you know, what to expect come September 2nd before it, we get to that first game. Yeah, and it's
0: it's just been really odd. The, the way they've protected the the ideas of what they're doing offensively, you can look back, we mentioned it last week, just even when Big Ten Network goes to IU for their kind of tour around the the campuses, and the, it was just kind of an innocuous question about, um, I think it was to Jack Tuttle just asking, you know how he's adapting to a new offensive coordinator and it, it. his answer was well I can't give too many secrets away which just is like it's pretty clear that there's been kind of this edict almost gone out to the to the whole team the whole offense to just reveal absolutely nothing which I mean I can kind of see the pros and the cons to it like they IU has almost wholesale changes offensively, aside from that offensive line. Um, Assuming Connor Bazelak starts, I I think just about every position, save for DJ Matthews, if he starts, uh, will be a new starter. So on one hand, like, do you really need to be this secret when there are so many unknowns on this offense? But on the other hand, I guess if you double down on it and they don't know what any scheme you're running along with The players you have, I guess you can take the other the other team by surprise. But to me, I think all this secrecy they're they're like playing with, they're using. That's gonna. Does it feel like it's putting a lot of pressure on this Illinois game to to come away with a victory?
1: Yeah, I think it is, and I think that game is really going to set the tone for the season. Um, Illinois obviously has um, long time. Who's your foe? Brett Bielema as its coach. is in his second year now. They went, I believe, five and seven last year. Won one of the ugliest games I've ever seen against Penn State a nine overtime, <laughs> twenty to eighteen thriller. Um, but Thrilly. I mean, I also think you know uh, Illinois uh, in year two of Belama, they're still you know trying to put everything. Together, so I really do think it puts a lot of pressure on this first game, and it, you know, makes me wonder like what could they be, um, um what what could they be premiering for the first time? That's going to be, you know, out of the ordinary. Obviously, um, other teams will have film on on Basilic from his year starting at Mizzou. Walt Bell has been an OC for um, other Power Five programs in the past. He was most recently the Head coach at UMass Amherst. Uh, that's a tough place to win games. I don't know how much um, you can glean from those, but you, know, you will have. They will have um, an idea of the offense he runs, or you know, if lacks the starter, um, what he can bring to the table as QB. If Tuttle's the starter, what he can bring to the table as QB. So, I mean, they do talk a lot about secrecy, but the other teams will know a little bit, at least, of what to expect.
0: Yeah, it's just an interesting approach they've taken to that sec- with that secrecy as well. You no know, spring game that we've talked a lot about, and I, I think a really, I, I disagree with that approach of not having a spring game and trying to build up some of that momentum, as you said at the start that they lost. But I mean, that's well in the past at this point. It, it's gonna be it's an interesting approach heading into a season that. Is going to be, I mean, to use that same word, going to be a very interesting one for Tom Allen and IU football. I want to talk about what what success looks like this season and, and how much different it is than uh, when we had this discussion last year. Before we dive into that, though, imagine this. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few become a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill somebody. Everyone knows the risk about drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. How often does that how however that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence? That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're ready to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It's the era of Uber. It's very simple, guys. It only takes one mistake to change your life and someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Big shout out to everyone for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here, a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. I don't imagine IU is going to be mentioned in an Ultimate College Football preview uh, <laughs> after a two-win season. You mentioned that when we had this discussion last year, I we both predicted eight and four, I do believe is what I predicted, but I also said, I believe in a separate podcast, that I'm still at a point where a bowl game felt like a successful season. That was a little more <laughs> ominous maybe than I realized, but now having experienced what we did last season what does success look like for iu this season in your opinion
1: um i think to me it's um getting the team back to the point where you know we win a couple conference games would be nice but really just to you know be back to the iu that is competitive with these um Big Ten East teams and, um, you know, putting putting the scare in them for a bit, which we really didn't last year. I think by the end of the season, no one was scared to play IU. And, I mean, at least, you know, for a, a while, even before the 2019 season, I would say pretty much every season between 2013 and 18, there was at least some, some scare. You know, there was that chaos team um, that – IU was often called, um, you know, especially, you know, coming into Bloomington, um, you know, there was always this um, fear from other teams that were nominally better than us that, um, you know, IU was going to make this a game or going to make things interesting um, and something crazy could happen because that's Indiana football. Um, You know, the other team would likely walk away with a win and they usually did, but at least Indiana was going to make things interesting, mix things up, um, and give the team a – give give the opponents a a real battle well into the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, that's what I'd like to see again is some of those types of of battles. Um, I think part of why last year was so demoralizing is we were having these losses of five or more touchdowns. Um, I believe we lost – what was it, 54-7 to Ohio State, something like that?
0: Um, yeah, and that I mean, that's oh, a generous scoreline too.
1: Yeah, I mean OSU is going to be um, awesome again. They always are. That game's in Columbus this year. You know, can throw that one out. But um, uh, I mean, other other than that, you know, our cross um, cr- cross division games this year: Illinois, Nebraska, and Purdue. You know, on on the surface, all of those seem winnable, especially with. You know the talent Purdue is losing. Um, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the schedule. Um, I mean, we talked about the importance of that first game against Illinois, but I mean, it's true that that game could really set the tone. Um, you know, if you win that, then you know maybe you're thinking, um, you know, this could be, you know, this could be a this could be a ball ball team this year. Um, I mean, if you if you look close enough you could and you don't think Nebraska is going to um go back to its you know form, form where it used to be you know, you could see 4 and 1 on the schedule um you could mm-hmm. see maybe 6 and 2 going into the bye week in the end of October but i mean that's if you if you really are optimistic you really want to be Generous. I mean, on the other hand, I think um, to me, uh, uh, I'm thinking a four and eight season. I, I want to say Vegas has our win total at four right now. And that seems yep. about right. It,
0: when I did the, on Tuesday's episode, I, I went through and kind of predicted win-loss for every game. I laid it on five and seven, uh, win the first three games. Uh, beat Rutgers, beat Purdue as the five wins. Um, there are toss-ups in there. Nebraska, I think. Maryland as well, potentially, uh, as games that IU could potentially uh, come away with a win. But, I mean, that's already mighty thin margins uh, when you need six wins, obviously, to get into a bowl game. Um, Back to kind of the, the point you made at, at the start of that was – kind of building this momentum and playing tough, is there a win total that IU needs to reach, you think, for it to be successful? If they go two and ten again, but they're playing Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State tough, is that good enough? Do you think they need to get to three, four wins for this to to feel successful again?
1: Yeah, I think they need to get at least a couple of conference wins in there. Um, I agree that, you know, the... Purdue game being at home is, is an opportunity at the end of the season. Um, I would, I'd probably say Maryland at home, as opposed to Rutgers on the, on the road, that could be a, a win. Um, and yeah, as we said, Illinois, I, I saw this morning, the line in that game is um, I use favored by four and a half. Yeah. So i um, you know they're they're favored to win that one at home. Um, I do think though, you need a you need two or three more wins than last year to really um, keep this momentum going and then show that it's a bounce back. Show that you know Allen has made some uh, good coordinator hires and you know we have some players in place for the upcoming year. I I'm, I'm pretty sure this past recruiting um, class was the best in school history. So, you know, really something for them to – something more to get excited about as well with those recruits um, starting to um, make their way onto the team.
0: Yeah, and the last kind of put on this, you mentioned Tom Allen and the hires he made is there a scenario you envision this is such a drastic kind of mindset difference than, than last year where we were imagining 10 wins. Now, is there a difference or is there, a, excuse me, a scenario where Tom Allen's on the hot seat at the end of the season?
1: Um, I think unless it really goes bad and like, you know, there's a loss to Western Kentucky there at, at home um, and things really go off the rails, then yeah, I think it's a, it's a possibility But that that being said, um, Tom Allen has brought the team to the most success it's had since, you know, the Bill Mallory days of the early 90s. Um, And I think um, he should probably get at least a couple years, including this one, to um, rebuild the team and and rebound, especially with the recruiting class coming in. So I think unless things are – you know, it's another – Two and ten, one and eleven, disaster season. Um, I really think he's earned the opportunity to um, bring this program back. Um, and you know, there there could be changes. You know, the big the Big Ten college football in general is is changing so much. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if divisions are abolished after this season, yeah. um, because I know the Pac twelve already has, and I know other conferences are. Are planning to get rid of their divisions, and I, I, I think I read somewhere that the Big Ten like pulled all the, all the schedules down for future seasons. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, there might be an opportunity where IU is not playing um, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, um, Michigan every single year, and you know, obviously with UCLA and USC coming into the fold in two years, um, you know, regardless of what we what we think of that, that's going to, um. um change the schedule up too. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot, you know, college football is changing so much every year that, you know, who knows what um, the, 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 the general ground, uh, groundwork of the sport will, will look like going forward. And so I think unless this season is an abject disaster, um, you know, I think, you know, it goes, you know, three, nine, four and eight, but there's like some, some momentum, you know, maybe, maybe you win in the bucket game. Um, maybe you play, maybe you play Michigan close for, um, for most of the game. Um, yeah. You, you gotta, I think you gotta stick with it at this point. Um, Also, I think that's a, it's a huge buyout in Allen's contract.
0: Yeah. That, that part is probably not, I haven't discussed it enough. I believe it's $25 million after this season. Mm. Um, it's a, it's a big number. I remember seeing p- reported. So I, it would, he's not getting fired this year, but that seat could get a lot warmer to me. I think just improvement from last season is all I'm, I'm really looking for and improvement on the field and how they're playing improvement in competitiveness improvement and win total um, just. Try to start showing that you can gain that momentum back. And as I said on Tuesday, it's episode. If IU does go five and seven with a, the the uh, Oak and Bucket, I think that's a, a almost objectively successful season um, based on how poorly things went last year. We've uh we've been all doom and gloom now a little bit. Let's uh let's look forward to some things we're excited to see for this upcoming season. Before we jump into that, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf, even college sports, obviously, as well. You mentioned the line uh, recent, or during that last segment, Bet online has Indiana as a six-point favorite against Illinois for opening night. Uh, who are you taking? Are you taking Indiana with the points on that one?
1: Um, six points. That that seems like a lot to me, yes. uh, especially yes. with what we don't know about the team, with them them breaking in this new offense and just the secrecy around it. I think six is a little high. Um, you know, um long time Indiana Twitter stalwart chronic Hoosier tweeted this morning that the line was four and a half. So that's what I was going off of. But, um, that, that seems like more, that seems more of a line where you can, um, a little more, a little more generous and, you know, maybe if that line, you know, keeps going down to, you know, three and a half, three and a half, then I'd be, I'd be tempted, but you know, I do think it's going to be a, a close game. I think, you know, that's how both, both these teams kind of, kind of play. I think it's going to be a close, low scoring game. Um, If there's an under, I'd take the under.
0: Yeah. The, the the line on Bet Online has kind of consistently trended upward. I think it started around four, uh, oh, four and a half, and and continued to go up. It it was just five last week. I remember as I looked at it for for Bet Online's read. But um, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. I, I agree 6 points is a lot. I I don't think I could take Indiana on that. Over under though would be is 47.5. Uh, I could agree well, that I would well, I would yeah, take the yeah, I would take the under there for For advising you on any bet from that let's let's end on a uh on a positive note Uh, i'll start off with you what are uh what's something could be a player could be anything attached to the team what's something you're looking forward to uh to watch with indiana football this year
1: um got um the i got a a few guys i'm looking forward to seeing play this year um tywan bullen he's been a stalwart at cornerback for Years and years at IU, Um, he's still on the team. He'll be one of the leaders of the defense. Um, Cam Jones at linebacker, he's going – He. there have been some articles about how he's really stepping into that leadership role that um, Micah McFadden um, had last year at linebacker, so um, be curious to see what he does. And then um, lastly, I think this is – Gen, in general, just the, um, wide receiver core. I'm very interested to see what happens there. Um, first of all, DJ Matthews, as you mentioned, coming back from an ACL tear, um, also, um, Donovan McCauley, who was, uh, I think the highest rated QB prospect in IU history has, has, um, switched to wide receiver. So I'll be curious to see what he can do there. And then, um, A.J. AJ Barner's gonna try and fill in Peyton Hendershot's shoes at a tight end. So um, the receiver core um is a question mark, but I think there's um oh, you know, I think there there's some um potential there, especially if um B- basilak um yeah or or Tuttle, whoever's the the QB, really like uh, gets in a rhythm.
0: It's it feels so uh peak iu that the highest rated quarterback in the program's history spends one season at quarterback where he actually played probably more than anyone expected him to play and then promptly switches to wide receiver uh i believe that i i think Macaulay is a, a great enough athlete that it will work out there uh, but it, it just feels like such a an iu moment where we got uh, maybe, uh, I think it was, I have it pulled up here. I think like five games of him playing seven games of him playing quarterback where you saw the promise and then he's like, all right, time to play wide receiver. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it
1: really, yeah, it really does feel like that. I didn't realize he, he played in seven games last year. Yeah, yeah, I
0: didn't either until I, uh, I'm glad I had that up cause it, it didn't feel like it. He didn't play toward the end of the season. I believe they were basically trying to protect him from, from injury going into the off season. But, um, yeah, it was a, a interesting season for him. I I have him down. All those names you mentioned, uh, I had down. Taiwan Mullen is he's on preseason All Big Ten teams. He he's if he's healthy, I think he's going to be arguably the top cornerback in the conference this season, um, and one of the best. I mean, we saw a few years ago when he was healthy, he was one of the best in the nation, uh, first team All American. So I had him at the very top of the list. Cam Jones, I thought has been a bit underrated just because he's played next to Micah Mcfadden one of the the kind of best players in probably the modern era of IU football especially defensively so uh i i think he's been a little underrated and we may get to see him kind of step out of that shadow this season dj matthews was about the only exciting thing IU's offense had going for it last season uh it was a a bummer that he um he got injured when he did because he was providing so much for IU's offense at that time. Uh, I had Donovan McCauley down as well, who it's going to just going to be interesting. I was, I was surprised when the initial two deep depth chart came out, at at least based on that, he's fighting for a starting quarter or wide receiver position. Uh, It was Javon Swinton or Donovan McCauley or Anderson Kobe at, at one of those receiver spots. So it seems like even if he doesn't start that he's going to be on the field as a wide receiver for snaps this season, which is wild. Also Tom Allen mentioned that there would be um play sets or plays where he would be under center, or maybe not necessarily under center, but at quarterback uh this season as well. So just kind of how they use him is going to be interesting to see the one name I had down that, uh, you didn't mention his uh, freshman that we've talked a ton about, Deshaun McCullough, um, and yeah. what he's going to be able to bring on that side of the ball, the highest, I believe it was the highest rated recruit Indiana's ever had, um, at least, at the very least, one of the highest Indiana's ever had, and again, referencing that Big Ten Network uh, piece they did last week, they singled him out as, as someone that Um, looked great and was getting to the quarterback and um, someone that was really making an impact. And the more you hear about him, the more it sounds like uh, he's going to be able to get on the field right away. Uh, Based on two, four, seven sports, he is the highest rated recruit Indiana's ever landed. So um, I'm really excited to see what he can do. And really in general, just um, the defense as a whole, like, especially under Tom Allen that's been such a strength uh, I mean how excited are you to to see this defense in this secondary with not just Taiwan Mullen but Jalen Williams Devon Matthews I mean how how excited are you to watch this defense that brings so much back this season
1: yeah um, I'm definitely looking forward to that I mean um, defense has been a, a staple for the Hoosiers under Allen obviously um it was interesting. Um, the former DC Charlton Warren left for um, UNC, and so they brought in Chad Wilt as the new DC. He's, um, I believe, he's originally from Indiana, but he was the D line coach for Minnesota. Um, but Allen is calling plays again on the defense, mm-hmm. um, and we know what to expect from a Tom Allen defense at this point. You know, we want this is a this is a defense that um, you know really um, brings pressure, wants to create turnovers, wants to um, re- really really um, get get at the opposing team and really um, cause havoc and disruption. Um, and I really, I really the one thing, the one part of this team that I'm feeling good about it. Is, is the secondary and, and the linebackers, as you mentioned, um, you know, Deshaun McCulloch, that, that's, that'll be um, really exciting to see him on the field this year. And um, yeah, obviously great cornerbacks um, and, and safeties coming back. And, you know, we hope, hope that um, group stays healthy. Um, I think the defensive line, both, both lines really still kind of a, a question mark for the yeah. for, for IU, but um, you know that so that's something that hopefully we can really um, spruce up this year because um, obviously on the the offensive line the pr- protection wasn't there, but um, um, on on the de- on the defense when they talk about the defense for IU, it's a lot of talk about the um, line linebackers and. And, and safeties, um, I believe it's a four-two-five 2 5 defense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but not so, – so not as much talk about the front four.
0: Yeah, that defensive line has actually – I don't want to say necessarily a weakness, but certainly has not been an area of strength uh, for Tom Allen in the last couple of years. And the one really productive guy they had last year, Ryder Anderson, is, is no longer – On the team he's in the NFL I believe with the Giants so um, it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust and and yeah to to that point how Tom Allen moves back into the defensive play caller mode and and, um, hopefully that doesn't impact him negatively as a head coach in any way that seemed to be why he stepped away from being the defensive play caller before so hopefully he's able to kind of organize himself and organize things a little bit better this time around and and create some of that havoc that uh, the buzzword he loves to use and what Indiana didn't really have any of last season. So uh, that defense could really be a, a fun unit to watch this year. Ben, thanks a ton for coming on once again. Uh, I hope this, this, uh, yeah, I hope this season ends a little bit better than uh, the one we forecasted last year. And then thanks to all you guys for making On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Now, know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review if you have not already. But most importantly, guys, have a great Thursday and LEO.